Luke chapter 1, this won't take very long <clears throat> because it's going to, it's very powerful, simple gift God wants to bring. He wants to bring hope. Hope. Hope alive, fresh, new. He's doing it and already, and you can, but I would, I'll just, the angel says, the angel says to Mary when she asks, how will this happen? He says, um, the Holy Spirit, verse 35 of chapter 1 in Luke, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So this Holy Spirit overshadowing you, the power of God coming upon you, and therefore the one you will conceive is going to be called the Son of God, the Holy One. She is told about Elizabeth. She runs up to Elizabeth's house because uh, we all know Joseph wasn't totally thrilled with this idea. He didn't believe the prophecy at first. So when she arrives at Elizabeth, and Elizabeth all comes alive by her greeting and gets filled with the Spirit, and she's you know, prophesying. We talked about this last week. She says in verse 45 to Mary, Elizabeth, her says, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Or in my margin of my little Bible, it says, Blessed is she who believed that there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her. So, <clears throat> faith and hope. You can't have one without the other. If you don't have, if there's no hope, what can your faith connect to? And even when you believe the truth of what God states, you have to acknowledge that it's still yet to become. It's still there in the future. Some things are immediate, some things are... So faith and hope. Faith and hope. Uh, if you'll go with me to Romans 15. I believe this Christmas, everything that, G that we watch in the story is happening to us and not, 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 not in a lesser form other than that was immaculate and beautiful and only one Mary and that's why she's called blessed among women. But in the body of the Lord Jesus, we carry Christ and he's in us, the hope of glory. And there's a opportunity to learn from the story, the Christmas story, how it is that we come into the fullness of what he speaks. And I love the fact that Mary was told it was going to be all Holy Spirit. Man, Holy Spirit's just going to come all over you. But then at the end, she says to the, the angel, be it done to me according to your word. So the Holy Spirit and the Word of God are inseparable, just like faith and hope are inseparable. You cannot have one without the other. Then Elizabeth says, you're blessed because you believe that there will be a fulfillment of those things that were told you. A lot of times without the two, we lose our footing because there's places the spirit will put me that I don't have the capacity to stand except the word will hold me and there's the places the word is promising me but I don't have the opportunity to touch it unless the spirit of God communicates it to me so that's what spirit and truth that's what worship's about that's what sanctification glorification all of it's happening with the two in concert so in Romans 15 1 
We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples or weaknesses of the weak and not please ourselves. This is body life. I love Christmas. I love Christmas because Christmas we open our heart and we let people in. Even if we don't want to, we let people come to our house that we wouldn't have invited, but they're part of the family. We, we soften up. When I was a young pastor, I still is to this day. I love coming to Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, because hearts have softened. You know, the Scrooge has been kind of exercised out of us, whether we want to or not, you know, and it's just a tenderizing time of movement. So we were strong not to bear the scruples of the weak. We, we want to make room for each other. In the beginning of the new year, we're going to, I believe, launch into discovering the multifaceted wisdom of God being demonstrated to the many-membered body of Jubilee. And we're going to all start being amazed at the branch, the glorious branch that starts to spread forth through us, in us, and with us. But in this case, he's, you know, the truth is a lot of times you have to we have to, if we're strong, we have to give room for the weak. We don't try to force the weak into our strength. That's the chapter before. Uh, let each one not less please his neighbor for the good, leading to edification. So when we come, we, you know, we are come, we come at many times. I come many, I come probably every time. I need God to, when I come to church. But I don't come just to get me and God. It's individualism that dismantles the body unity when we only want what I need and let me get what I've got. It's this greater, greaterness of the, the one body, the one hope of our calling, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And we start acknowledging that, wow, we're, I am a part of the, I'm a part of the edification process. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, for the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So some things we carry reproaches over. We do that in our family, right? You've been in family settings when somebody's acting beyond what you think would be the most appropriate way. Maybe they've had too much to drink, or maybe they're carrying a bitter, angry tone about life. And you'd like to stop them, but you're trying to not just create more of that, so you kind of bear with it bearing one another, bearing one another's approach. It's a key, it's a Christian maturity. It's a, it's a gift that we can carry and show to one another. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Imagine the Bible, the scriptures, carry patience and comfort. I mean, they, and they do. They don't always fix my brain. Sometimes I have to disengage my thought loopies and just let the Word of God kind of wash over me and let it be a standalone truth. I don't try to interpret it in light of my circumstances. I interpret it, I receive it as truth being spoken. And it, it, it comes alive because it is alive. It's sharper than a two-edged sword because it is. And it begins to separate uh, my soul from my spirit, which is a huge factor. And when, I can, when I realize I'm in my soul, I, I go, well, I don't want to stay there because the mindset on the flesh, that direction is going to be death, no matter how I look at it. I want to get my mindset on the spirit. And I want to 
So that helps. The Word of God uh, goes into my heart and tells me, what am I really thinking and what am I really trying to do? And I can't see it unless the Word of God illuminates that. So it's Scripture. It's a life. So, and it builds patience. Not, just, not by saying, you need to be patient. It just gives me patience. And it gives me uh, comfort. Have you ever read the Bible and just feel better after you read it? You just go, I don't even know what I read, but I feel a lot better. Because it's living. You don't have to understand the Bible to benefit from it. In fact, that's the whole way we got into the Bible reading was let's read aloud to the Lord the book of Psalms because we need to praise the Lord. It's a year to praise for the ambushes of our enemies to be dealt with, which they are being. Now let us just praise him and let's use the book of Psalms and just read aloud to God. And the more we did that, the more I did that, the more courage came into my life and the more hope came alive. I'm in my 12th reading for this year. I'm not stopping. I don't care how much it takes. I just, I need it. Because uh, this, this, it's like, it just came alive. So, so there's patience and comfort of the scriptures. I'm making a point in a moment. Now may the God of patience and comfort. Wow. So we've got, now we've got God again in spirit, in truth. And he is the God of patience and comfort. So every one of us in this room, going through whatever we're going through, we have access to patience and comfort in the scriptures and in God in such a fashion that we are able to bear with the weakness and scruples of those who are less in, in, in faith and confidence, Romans 14, and we can come to not please ourselves, but to bless our neighbor, to edify, and we can uh, do so because we're having a resource of patience and comfort coming from the scriptures, now coming from God of comfort and patience and comfort. Isn't it interesting that God chose the word patience and comfort? Now, if it was me, I would have wrote it comfort and patience. But patience, comfort comes to patience, not the other way around. Sometimes we wait for comfort and what we need to do is hold our place in patience. And anyway, he goes on. That with you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So again, this is the living body. We are all part of it. We cannot get out of it. You can leave this church and go to another. You're still in the same church. It's just there's one living body. And we're... So with one mind, that means, okay, what we're thinking about, we're putting our thoughts toward what we're f- focusing on throughout the day, what we, what we want to, one mind and one mouth, what we're saying, what we're declaring, we're glorifying the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine when a billion believers are dis- disengaging from conversations that are not inside of the glorification of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ or turning their conversation and their thoughts and their mouths to just glorifying God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what was happening today. We were pressing past what was pressing against us. We were standing, we were going above what was trying to pull us down. We were not allowing the circumstances that were coming against us to hinder us. We were pressing toward like precious faith, like Mary going after Elizabeth. We weren't going to let our fiance who is now going to annul our relationship 
stop us from saying yes. We kept going. So, therefore, receive one another. Now, this is, this I believe is next year. I, I hear the word glory constantly. I see it for the whole year in the sanctuary. So grateful. But I, he says, therefore, receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God or into the glory of God. So when we are received into Christ in faith, we believe, we confess, God accepts our belief in his resurrection of his son and righteousness is imputed and our confession brings salvation. We are, Jesus says, you're fully in. You're all in, you're all me, you're all a part of my family and I'm not ashamed at all, call you my brother. Though you're gonna be on a journey of sanctification for some time, I'm not ashamed. Let's, let's, let's praise God together. He accepts us fully. Now, where does he accept us? Into the glory of God. And that's what we're supposed to, we, we can do this. This is what we do at the front door. We, this welcoming team is not there just to make everybody, you know, get a, a name tag. It's to release glory. Come on into the glory. Come on in home. This is the place for celebration. And, and, and you're safe here. Come on in. And what? We can do this for Christmas morning, Christmas night. We can do it with our family, our friends. We got our kids all coming over for their birthdays. For this, the, we have three birthdays we celebrate in December. You know, one of the fasts that God says he accepts is when we don't keep ourselves from our own flesh. We'll hide ourselves. We, we make room for the family to come in and, and take the benefit. You go, well, I'm caught up in the problems. I can't handle the problems. Well, forget the problems. Go right over them. And let Jesus step in and say, these are my sons. These are, these are the ones that I died for. This is the promise my father gave me. And let prophecy rise. And let, let, and let see, hope is what we're, we're getting to. So stay with me. Because hope is, hope is the ability to go above where you're at to go through what you're going through, to, and to see the better, to see the big picture, the bright picture, the glorified picture, the victorious triumphant end, and, uh, and it's the power of the patience. It's the means to get the strength. So he says, we're to receive one another as Christ received us into the glory of God. So as ambassadors for Christ on the earth, we are reconciling the world back to God. God has already been reconciled to the world through his son. And we're ambassadors. And we have all the authority, not just to reconcile people back to Christ and begin faith in the Lord and start a journey, but come into the glory of God that was created for you, that God made for you to have in his son, the place that was prepared. Oh. I want to jump to the verse uh, 15, 13. Because this talks, the, the others are quoting prophecies about the call of God reaching out to the Gentiles. And we can, that's valuable. But verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you, me, we, with all joy and peace in believing 
that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a hope that we carry through life because of what we hope will happen, because of what we plan's going to come about it, because of ideas that we had, what marriage will be like, what children will be like, what business will be like. And those are, those are natural hopes, and they even are empowered by God and words he speaks, but they're mixtures yet. Like Abram hearing about a, a family that he's going to have beyond the counting of the stars and, and yes to God on the whole thing and covenants made. Except we don't, he never, God never told him about Sarah at that moment. <laughs> so when he's telling Sarah, Sarah, she's, I'm gonna, we're going to do this. She said, well, you know, okay, I'm going to be a part of it. You can have my maid. I have a surrogate child. And we know what that happened. And so when, when God comes to Abram at 99, he says, okay, now we're changing names. Now you're going to have a son. He's going to happen through Isaac and, or through Sarah. And it's Isaac and circumcision. Uh, he's just going, whoa, that's a whole lot of changing hope. That's a different hope. That's like, okay. And how he concludes it in Romans 4 says simply three things. First, it happened in the presence. Because <laughs> in the presence, God calls things that don't exist as though they do. Amen. And he calls things that, are, uh, that uh, uh, he gives life to the dead. That's why it can be so difficult. For years, it was so, it, in my funk, it was so conf conflicting to my soul to go into God's presence in, through prayer and the word. That's where he, the presence comes is prayer and the word. And all of a sudden, he's talking about all this glorious stuff he's doing, and I'm looking at the gory stuff I'm going through. And I'm going, I, I don't... I'm... But, it, you know, he's a persuader. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll pull you back in. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Cheer up, Steve. Don't, don't be so downhearted. Don't downcast. I'm God. I'm good. I'm powerful. Look at my word. Well, you are. You are. And the next thing you know, you're, you're reengaged. And you're back in faith, and you're back in hope, and you're back in love. And, and yet, it can be disconcerting because then you go back to life, and life just looks the way it looked when you left it. And then one day, it dawned on me that life wasn't changing, so why should I keep trying to change life if I could just rather let God change me? And set my mind on those things above and begin to let those things above tell me how I am to be. Because you see, the natural hope will be undone by the natural war. But the hope of God is above the war. It's eternal. It has nothing to do with the war. In fact, it's the carrier that carries us through whatever we're going through because God said, we're doing it. So Abram was in God's presence. He speaks. He receives. He believes. He hopes. Uh, he puts faith into the new hope. We're having a son next week, next year. Sarah's the mom. I'm the dad. And the first thing he does is he takes a quick glance at his life. Hmm, I'm 99 years old. Hmm, well, don't look at that too long. There's no hope there. Sarah, she's been barren ever since we, we've known each other. But I'm not going to look at there either. This is Romans 4. So what he does instead is he, it says that he glorifies God. But because, why? Because he doesn't want to stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. Unbelief is, 
is, is insidious into the heart of the believer. And it goes to try to rob us of genuine childlike faith that we would carry if we were not traumatized as we are challenged through life. And, it wants, and, and so that's why whenever we hear his voice, we have to soften our heart. Every time you hear his voice, soften your heart. Every time he speaks, go, oh. You know, you don't go like this. Oh. Oh. Because that's the softening heart allows us to believe and allows us to proceed. And that's what obedience is. Faith is obedience. Obedience is faith. Unbelief is rebellion. Rebellion is unbelief. So that's Hebrews chapter 3 and 4. So he... So because he doesn't want to stagger at the promise, he doesn't want to kind of separate it. That's what it means to stagger, to separate thoroughly. He, he, didn't, he didn't consider fully his body and his death. He didn't look at it and say, okay, let's see, how are we going to do this now? Nope, don't need to know how we're going to do this now. It's not about me doing it. It's about God saying it. God's, oh, that's the key. He didn't stagger at the promise, but he gave glory to God and he became fully persuaded that God was able to perform what he promised. It's God who has to perform what he promises. It's God. And think about when you can start saying, well, cool. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to fellowship with you today in the confession of my hope, which is the words you've promised that you're going to do because I can't, but I don't need to because you who promise will perform. You are the performer of the promise. You're the promise maker, promise performer. I do this every day. It's my way of connecting and living and not allowing my life circumstances to stop my journey with Jesus. And I've found that he won't stop if you don't stop. If you don't come to God one day and say, and I've done it before, Lord, I'm not going on another step until this thing is resolved. God says, fine, I'll sit with you. Because <laughs> he's not on my timetable, and he's not trying to prove he's faithful to me. He is faithful whether I believe it or not. If I deny him, he remains faithful. He can't deny himself. So, so, so when I say yes, I say, yes, see, see, see the, the Abraham had to kind of go into this, yeah, okay, I'm just going to go with you again. I'm going into hope. I'm going to believe. I'm not going to look at circumstance. I'm not going to take apart your promise and see if it can be trustworthy. I'm just going to glorify you and become persuaded that you're able to perform. And at that point in his life, at the maturing of faith, God says, that's righteousness. That's righteousness. So Mary's in that. We're being called into this. And here's the key. Here's that little promise, Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. In believing, you may abound in hope by the, or in the power, inside the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to suggest something, and then we're going to close, because this is, I don't think, I think God wants to give this. Is there any words in this, verse, in this verse that have anything to do with limitations that we bring into this equation or limitations that we're inside of, like circumstances? So may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing you may abound in hope as life starts to turn around and you start to get a handle on it. No, he said, in the, hope, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, he's, he is... He's the carrier of hope. He's the most hopeful person I ever meet. 
He's, he loves his job because all he gets to do is take the victory the Father ac accomplished in the Son and all the Father gave to the Son and all the Son has in the Father and all the Father, Jesus' intercession and all of this completed, beautiful, powerful thing that's available to anyone, any moment, and communicate it. I think if anything, he's bored because there's not enough people hungry for that. I want, I, I want, I mean, honestly, what's wrong with being filled with joy and peace? Not just joy and peace, but all joy, all peace. And filling means to be repleted. It means to be crammed. So my desire when I go to pray and be in the presence and face life that I'm going to face through the day is that I want to get, I want to get filled. I want to get full. Now we're in a moment, and I will be honest with you, the moment is there's going to be an unemptying of self in order for God to fill us with himself. There's, some of us are so full of ourself, there's no place for the Holy Spirit to come. To be full of the Holy Spirit means you're not going to have much of you resourcing. So it means we might be in a position where we're going, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to get here. I don't know where we're going. God's speaking, follow me. We're going forward. Let's take this thing. Oh no, I'm looking at the circumstance. And God says, just, just, just go with me. That's a Mary. Mary's just going. Full. Fill me, fill me. So holy God of hope. The God of hope, he never looks at my life in any moment of my day, in any time of my journey, in all of my life, and says, oh, I am really stressing out over what we're going to get done. He's so full of hope. He's full of hope. He's just full of hope. He looks at your life and goes, I love where you are. I'm so excited what I'm going to do. It's all accomplished in the Son. All I want to do is bring that accomplished victory that he's interceding for us to see, and I'm going to communicate it. And I believe, beloved, you can, don't wait for it to be seen for you to believe. You have to believe. Amen. And hope that is seen is not hope. So if Hope is a part of this believing you're going to have to have a part of things you're not yet seeing. And you have to start saying, okay, I'm going to just live in this place I don't see because it, I don't walk by faith, but I, walk, I don't walk by sight, but I walk by faith. And I'm, I'm, so I let this other dynamic, scripture, comfort, believing I can abound in hope. Abound, abound. That's a beautiful word, abundance. Much. Much, abound, love, abound, abundance of grace, abundance of righteousness, abundance of, of peace, abundance of joy, abundance of hope. There is, there is no conspiracy that the earth can conjure, conjure up through man that can withstand the outpouring of the Spirit of God upon the Son of Man, the anointed one. The anointed one sits in heaven laughing at the struggles of, of, of mankind trying to take off the restraints of God. And yet, at the same time, 
God says, I have set my king on my holy hill. I have poured myself upon my king on my holy hill. He is there. Ask me. Here's your inheritance. He will rule with a rod of iron. You will break things in pieces. That's where we are. If we fellowship into that, we start to go, whoa. Whoa, look at this. Look at this. Look what God. So, you, so the joy and peace starts coming. Joy and peace. Joy means cheer up. Peace means you're safe. Righteousness means it's all right. It'll turn out okay. You're going you're, you're to win. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 14. <sighs> but it's a, it's, it's a posture. We are going to have those doubts and our fears and our anxious thoughts. How did Mary feel when she was told Joseph, hey, guess what? I had the most incredible moment in prayer I've ever had in my entire life. An angel shows up, glorified. I was freaked out. But he said, don't be afraid. I'm highly favored. I'm going to, I'm going to be the mother of the Messiah. And you can see Joseph's just kind of deadpan. Oh, wow. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And he's right now in his back of his mind already going, how do I get rid of her out of my life? This is about to take my, I'm going I'm to annul her, but I don't want to make it public because, yeah, you know. That, so she's looking at him and going, whoa, there's no cheer, there's no joy here. No peace coming to this man. No hope alive in him. But, oh, thank God the angel told me there's somebody who's in a similar experience like me up there in Judea. My, my, my relative, Elizabeth, Joseph, I'll let you work that out. I got to go. You see, we, 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 we talk ourselves out of faith by trying to talk others into faith. We talk ourselves out of hope by trying to talk other people into hope. There is... I cannot bring you into hope, but you cannot take me out of my hope. Hope is, if it's a promise in the word, and I just choose to accept it, and the Spirit of God begins to communicate it, I can go as far as the Spirit of God and the Word of God allows me. I can go beyond, 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 and it begins to be, it's kept by the power of the Holy Spirit, the dunamis. <laughs> We're just, we're so, you're in such a perfect place. I remember one time in worship, just going through so much different warfare, and the Lord said, I've got, I've got everything right where I want it. And I thought, well, where am I? I'm not in the right place. But he doesn't look at the natural. He doesn't look at this. He says, come inside of me. Look inside of me. Let hope abound. So let's make an application. We'll close. Trauma takes away a positive expectation of the future and in places within it, unbelief that says this will continue as it is and get worse. It takes freedom to go forward from yourself and places the limitation of your movement on someone else. I shared with the men. We're asking the questions that Jesus asked. He asked the guy at the pool of Bethesda, you want to be well? Been there for like 18 plus years. Whenever the water stirred, the first person in the water gets healed. And, and he's, Jesus 
says, do you want to be well? I don't have anyone to help me get to the water. And every time the water stirred, by the time I get down there, I, someone else got in there. Jesus did not ask him, how come you're not well? He asked him, do you want to be well? And he said, well, he told him his trauma, which is perfectly acceptable. It's perfectly acceptable to tell the story of why you are where you are. In fact, if you're honest with God about your story, he'll then retell you his story and reframe the whole thing. So Mary, so the, the father of the epileptic, Jesus asked him, how long has this been? And he goes, oh, man, from a little child. Throw him in the water, barely get him out alive. Get the demon off of him. Put him in fire, barely get him out alive. Pull the demon off of him. It's just, it's been non-stop. If you can do anything, help us have mercy. Jesus said, if I can do anything, if you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. And so the, the man has been shocked out of his unbelief into a moment. And he says, I believe, help my unbelief. Or the man who's been waiting to get rolled over, he was thinking the only way to get healed is to roll down the stairs quicker. So if Jesus was to come help him, he would throw him down the stairs. Jesus says, pick up your bed and go home. I'm, the, there's, there's possibilities that we're not seeing. There's opportunities that we're not walking into because we're, we're caught in the situation of the repetitive trauma that leads to unbelief. Unbelief is an expectancy that the giants will take us out and that we can't get into this place. But we've been given this special hope. So where life has stopped becoming what God promised it to be, it's time to hope and anticipate and expect the God of hope filling us with joy and peace and believing we can abound in hope like Abraham hoping against hope or putting in hope believing because we believe in what we're looking for we, we are saved in the righteousness by faith but we have hope for the righteousness by faith there's more so the, 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 the invitation is like Jesus coming to each of us saying do you want this? What would you like? How long have you been here? And come on. Here's the Holy Spirit. He'll empower you. And here's, the, here's peace and joy. Joy and peace. That'll, they'll accompany you. And just come inside of the abundance of my hope. Don't look at the circumstances. Don't look at the deadness of your stuff. And don't, don't take my promises and chop them in pieces and dissect them just engage comfort patience of the scripture here I am the God of hope fill me with joy and peace and let me do that you see that's that's the that's that's conception to gestation to birth to carry with God that holy thing in you is of the Holy Spirit. It, it's, it's not natural. It cannot be natural. God doesn't want to bring forth anything through the natural man. He wants it all to come through the, through 
the gift of his son to the impossibility of life through the faith that we put into him, the receiving, the, and here we are again. That's why we come together. That's why we worship. Let's stand. I'm not telling you something that I'm living in because my life just always goes well. I'm telling you the word of God that's true. And if it's in the scripture, it's true. If it's in the scripture, it can be manifested in each of us. We do not look to see if it's manifested. We accept its truth and begin to experience its framework. I can be honest, and I'm honest all the time, but the more I accept the word of God as truth, the less I have to complain about my stuff. It's just, I don't know why, the word God just starts to become my, my frame. I receive. So right now, I believe, if we'll receive, you, we can, the God of hope in this room right here, in our belly, is going to fill us with joy and peace. Fill us. I mean, just fill us. No, no circumstantial reason to have joy and peace, but you're going to have so much of it, you're going to be overwhelmed in joy and peace. And not only are we going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, joy and peace, but we're going to have this believing that's reignited. Whoa! I can abound in hope. I got so much hope. My life looking so good. Things are going to turn out so beautiful. I don't know what it looks like tomorrow, but God is good and he's powerful and he's going to fulfill his good word in me. See, this is the attraction. This is the attraction we bring that heaven now comes down. We were there this morning. We were worshiping. And the Lord said, look at my worshipers. They put me above everything, above their greatest desire and their greatest fear. They come away from it, and they're engaging. So we're there. Now we should receive the benefit. Now we receive the blessing. Now we let the God of hope fill us. Just go ahead. Just let him start filling you with joy and peace in believing. You can abound. I can abound. We can abound. We're the greatest day of the world's history. There is nothing on the planet that God is overwhelmed by. And everything is about to be overwhelmed by God. Oh, what a beautiful day. What a glorious day. I get to abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, blessing. Abounding, 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 abounding. How, what does abounding in hope feel like? Oh, it feels good. It feels like, okay, God will be there. Uh, there's two scriptures that have really become foundational returning spots. One is in Psalm 33, 18. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him on those who hope in his mercy. I've been, I'm, I'll, and in these foundational scriptures, they're always talking about it's stupid to trust in man or be afraid of man or try to resolve things through man. A king isn't saved by his great army. A horse is a vain hope in a, in a time of deliverance. But God, behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy. So God's eyes are on me if I'm hoping in his mercy, if I'm expecting mercy. Now, my circumstances want to say, don't, don't, don't expect any mercy. You're going to get your butt kicked. You're going to lose your place and lose everything, and it's going to, it's going to terrorize you just like it did all the other times. So I go, no, I want to hope in your mercy. The next verse, Psalm 147, verse 11, 
The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his mercy. In those, he takes pleasure. So again, just closing, hold up your hands. Do you want, I fear God. I fear God. I'm not trying to, I don't want to, I don't, I, I, I want to live in the fear of God in every way. And I want to hope in his mercy. Oh, mercy, come. Ah, I'm bounding in hope because mercy's coming. Mercy's coming. Mercy's coming to every situation that is, that is in conflict against God and, and, and trying to pull under us in the circumstance of life. We're coming up, coming up, coming up. Oh, Peshivitaba. Receive, receive, receive. Wow. Jesus, I believe, I receive. Jesus, I believe, I receive. I receive, I receive, I receive, I receive, I receive. There's no limitation. He can take a lunch and feed 5,000 people. He can take something that shouldn't stay and it'll remain for like a set of clothes and go 40 years. Your shoes never wear out. He has no limitation. Why are we living with him inside limitation? He said, beware of the Pharisee, the leaven of the Pharisees, because it's hypocrisy. Truth is, whatever God wants to do, he does. He can do, and it's done. And he loves for us to partner and say, I receive. Or better yet, partake. Go ahead, just take, partake. Talk to him. Tell him where you are. Tell him why you can't get where you need to be. Let, let Be honest, but then let him declare over you I'm the God of hope I never lose hope I never dismiss hope I never release someone to hopelessness I'm full of hope for you over you with you oh let joy come and let peace come let let it come it'll come it Expectancy. Mercy's coming. Mercy's coming. Mercy's coming. Mercy's coming. Can you see mercy? Can you see mercy? Mercy. Mercy's coming. Over that which you care for, over those you love, over those you pray over, over that which is important to you. Mercy's coming. He's a God that loves to bring mercy.
Father, I pray that you, the God of hope, filling us with joy and peace and believing we can abound in this hope of yours through the power of the Holy Spirit would now accompany us as we would accompany you home. You would be present in our thoughts. You would begin to uh, reframe our emotions. And where trauma and drama have been our story, you would come alongside and begin to reframe what we see and how we feel. And speak from your positive, victorious, triumphant expectation, causing all things to work together for the good love that you ordained for us to walk in and into the glorification that you've received us in. I pray a special empowerment by the Spirit of God to help carry us in this week and into Wednesday that there will be continually this God of hope breaking forth in the midst of his people and all that we walk through Lord you said you would swallow death up in victory you would wipe the tears out of our eyes you would take the iron ceilings and and molten lamentations of, of veils off of us. You would be the God that we waited for and you came and saved us. That you would take off the reproach that's rested on us and make us a people of your glory. So Lord, go for it. Go for it. Do it for your glory. Do it in your glory. Do it for one another. Do it till your body comes fully alive. For your great name's sake we pray. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen.